0: For a message this morning, I uh, I have been preaching and and sharing from the uh, from Matthew, uh, the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, I looked back a little bit. I the first message I pray I preached that in March already, so it's kind of been drawn out. And I hope we don't lose focus. Uh, the idea was that we would look at the Sermon on the Mount again and just, uh, yeah, I. It, I do that because I believe it's uh, important—the Sermon on the Mount. But there's uh, another—I can't really preach from the Sermon on the Mount without thinking of Brother John Ish. Uh, That was a subject that he preached from, and scriptures that he preached from a lot, and and talked about a lot. And to him, the Sermon on the Mount was a there was there was uh, there was something there that we learn from how to live that is for us today and I, I believe that and i agree with him 100% but uh yeah i just i just uh i give him tribute to that i guess as i point, as i think about this but what we've been doing for those who have not been here uh of course first we looked at the just as simply how he prepared his heart to, to before he went he preached that message how uh, the, what jesus went through the the uh the uh, why can't I can't get the word the temptations that he went through and and all those the baptism and all those things that that Christ's experience was before he preached this Sermon on the Mount. Matthew takes it kind of as a series that this this happened then this happened I don't know exactly what the time frame was
1: <clears throat>
0: but uh then uh, then we looked at. Yeah, well, we'll look at that some more. We looked at the Beatitudes and how they de- how they describe what a godly character. is. And we're looking at the Sermon on the Mount and in in those different parts of the of what what is godly character. Um, there in the Beatitudes, those those one, two, you know, all those those things that were mentioned is, is that that is the character that God is wanting to to for us to live out in our Christian life, in our Christian experience. And then, then we looked at, at some areas, and I want to go over them, some examples of, of things that, of, of how we relate to that. We'll look at that a little bit more. But this morning we're going to be looking at an expression of character. Uh, not, not just how somebody else did it, but how we can now do that. How we can now live out this godly character. And God, and, he, and he, gave us, he gave us examples, he gave us different points that we look at, and things that we can see, and that's what we want to look at this morning. <clears throat> the Bible says that an expression, or something that is expressed, the title that I have for this message is, is character expressed. It's, this is not it's expressed, it's, this is what it's presented. And that's all, as that I said, it's the, the word expressed would mean represented, or shown, this is how we show it. This, this godly character. To represent it. Yeah, to show or to make known. Another thought is thought to show by an imitation that we, we see something and then, then we act that out or we imitate that. We're just trying to get the concept that we understand what, it, what does it mean to, to express this character.
1: <clears> hmm. <throat>
0: psalmist writer said in psalms 128 blessed is everyone that feareth the lord that walketh in his ways so just fearing the lord i mean they, he said the blessing he says, blessed are those that, them that feareth the lord but then he says that walketh in his ways i like to get that in our hearts this morning that there's there's there, there's an action in this fearing the lord it's more than just, you know, I respect God. I love God. I honor God. But there are some actions. You know, we walk in his ways. And that's what Jesus was teaching in the Sermon on the Mount. He was teaching us how to walk in those ways. <clears throat> we started out with this thing of blessings. You know, blesses the the, the poor in spirit and, and, and the... Uh, and things like that, and the, the list that was there. And we've looked at that. Psalms 1, and now just, just, to, just to motivate our minds in this concept of being blessed. And then 128 says, blessed is the man that feareth the Lord. Psalms 1, he says, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in season, in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. So again, we're getting this concept of, of blessing, of being blessed, of blessing God. We thought about that this morning in our, in our opening verse, that we bless, God's people are going to bless God as they fear him. This is the blessings that flow. And we we'll you know, we have that in Matthew 5, the Beatitudes. That was, that was a description. Uh, that's what we looked at the first, uh, on the, that second message. We looked at it, a description of godly character. And we looked at those blessings, the Beatitudes. Ponder them sometimes, just occasionally just look over them again. And seeing that is what it looks like. That's what godly character looks like. Mm. Psalm one goes on, and he says the ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away. Get the picture there? They are like the chaff. That's the way the ungodly are. the 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 godly, the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, you nor know, standeth in the way of the sinner. The that, that that those descriptions. He says that description is like a tree planted by the waters. Something talking about something solid, something that has life sustaining. Roots, gets gets from the waters, and it's something there, and it's solid. It's there. That's what God wants to do with you. What God wants to do in your heart is just bring you something solid that you can build on, that it's there.
1: Mm.
0: So the ungodly are not that way. They're like the chaff. That one time they're this way, one time they're this way. They go back and forth. They're, you know, they're, they're, not, they're not solid. not hmm therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous there's no there's no there's nothing there there's no there's not a substance there the lord knoweth the way of the righteous but the way of the ungodly shall perish so we we'll, we'll we're just you know we'll look at that let's go let's go to Matthew 6 and 7 this morning and just look at some of Christ's teachings on how to express, how that how we live out, how we express godly character. The Beatitudes describe it. Last time I preached this a couple of weeks ago, about a month ago, uh we talked about how to apply those teachings. Uh You know, or the examples that Christ left of godly character. He, 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 he taught us, I'll, I'll note them again just to remind us again. He taught us that being angry at our brother is comparable to murder. You know, the importance of relationships. We, we got into that a little bit in our Sunday school discussion this morning. The importance of relationships in our Christian life. And if we, if if, if there's this, if there's this strife between us and and another and our brother or sister and, and what that does to us, you know, God, Christ taught us during the Sermon on the Mount that, that that that's not that that that's not godly character, but that as we as we live as we follow godly character as we live out godly character, the example is that we we love our we love our enemies. It's an interesting th- an interesting point. Interesting thing that we can consider there. <clears throat> Another point was that it, that lust, or looking at a woman, is, is comparable to adultery. The importance of purity, having a pure heart and a pure mind. Blessed are the pure in heart. And then so, Christ, you know, he, he made that statement, blessed are the pure in, in heart, but then he, then he went on and and, and taught how the lust and the and, and the looking at a woman is is comparable to adultery. And, and and the importance of that. And if we're going to have this godly character, we have to recognize these truths. We can ignore them. We can try to run away from them. But this this is what Christ was teaching us. This is what this is what it looks like. We talked about marriage and and, and divorce and remar- and remarriage and, and and the importance of commitment. And commitment carries through in many areas it's, it's very much a part of a of a marriage relationship but it is also a part of other relationships and it's a part of our commitment with, our relationship with god the the importance of commitment i think that's what christ was really trying to 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 present there in, in in that he gave us some directions some teachings on divorce and remarriage and so forth but the concept of commitment is a part of our godly character what did the psalmist say? He's, you know, how is he ungodly? He's like the chaff that the wind blows around. That's not commitment. We need, we need committed people. We need, God wants us to, be, to commit. We're, 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 willing, we're willing to do whatever. We're willing to serve. And that we're committed to it, whatever the costs. Mm-hmm. Importance of commitment. We talked about swearing versus speaking the truth or the oaths and the importance of our integrity is that is that is that real to us the importance of integrity in our in our uh, yeah as we as we live out this godly character we're real we are who we are and we may, not, we may not always be perfect but we can be honest we can be we can be people of integrity we keep our word He he talked about the importance of retaliation versus forgiveness. Well, you know, we get we get it back, we give them back, or we can forgive. These are the principles. These are the concepts of of godly character that Christ was teaching us about there in Matthew five and six. And and the last one I had last time was about loving our neighbor in comparison to loving our enemy, and we talked already. But that's the concept of unconditional love. That's the way God loves us. And that's, that, that. That godly love is what God wants to do in our hearts. He wants that to motivate us. He wants that. That needs to be our character. That uh, we have an unconditional love for our fellow man and those around us. That means loving our enemies. That means loving those who do do things against us, who persecute us. That's the, the, And you know that's part of the beatitudes, as He showed that you know that we can. are able to rejoice in 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 our. Uh, yeah, in persecution. So now this morning, we're going to look at how Christ used some examples of how we can live out the character, that godly character that we were talking about. Uh, some things that, 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 that we face that we can live out, and I, I'm going to have to go through this swiftly because I don't have a lot of time. I've uh, got six points again, six areas that he, uh, that he was talking about. We're looking mostly in, John, in Matthew chapter 6 and over into chapter 7 interestingly he starts out with in chapter 6 as he goes into talking about uh, he went he, there in chapter 5 the last part of chapter 5 he was talking about you have heard of this said this way but I say it's this way you have heard it said this way but I say it's this way and that's what we had talked about on those, those points that we were looking at on the last message on this Sermon on the Mount and now this morning he starts off In chapter 6 he says take heed that you do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise you have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Why does he start out with giving of alms? And I don't know. Mm. Therefore when thou doest thine alms do not sound a trumpet before thee as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you they have their reward. But when thou doest alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, that thine alms may be in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. What I want you to do this morning, in your mind, and you think about this thing of giving of alms and the thought of doing it in secret and not letting your right hand know what your left hand is doing, or let your left hand know what the right hand is doing, and maybe that's the way he says it. Mm, I don't know if it makes any difference. Let look back at the Beatitudes. And think about what does this have to do with this thing of being uh, of being poor in spirit? What does this have to do with being meek? Blessed are the meek. What does it have to do with those with, with when Christ said, "You know, blessed are those that hunger and thirst after righteousness," or about the merciful? And the poor in spirit or the pure in heart, and the peacemakers you know if you if you think about that, you know just reading chapter six, verse one through four, that makes sense, right? It makes sense that we should not give our alms to, be imp- to impress people. we should not do things to impress people, we should do it unto the Lord. that makes sense it makes sense that uh, You know what Jesus said that if you're just going to do it for the 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 uh, what what the people see you and that they uh, they notice you and they look up to you because you gave you did you gave you gave all these gifts, then you have your reward. That's all there is to it. That 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 makes sense to us. But when you think about this thing of giving, giving, uh, you know, doing your alms in in secret, and you think about this thing of being poor in spirit, of being meek of being of hungry and thirsting after righteousness and about the merciful and the pure in heart or being peacemakers, you know I, th- I think it puts another perspective to that, and I think that's what i that's what I'd like for you to do this morning as you ponder that in your heart Can, can you get that perspective of Godly character and how we live that out with the things that we have and the things that we give, the alms and the and the caring for those around us. <clears throat> you know, the fleeting reward of the glory of men is brought out very clearly here but what 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 you know my heart would be that we could we could capture the spirit of giving where we give out of godly character just from a heart of compassion and love i think that's 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 the message that christ was trying to teach us here that it this is this is the concept of a character this is a concept not not just that we're trying to hide the things or that we're trying to avoid having people see us and that we're trying to be you know, sneaky or anything like that but the concept that this is living out a godly character that we take, that we give, and that we care about those who have less from the depths of our heart, the poor in spirit, in a meek way, and then in, in the concept of love and compassion. And I think that's what Jesus was trying to teach us, and I think that's why I think these things do carry over us. We think, you know, maybe sometimes we, we we look at the beatitudes and we just think of the blessing, the you know, blessing there being that kind of a life. But we have to bring this into an actual. We live it out, and then and here he's talking about giving of alms, and he's saying this is this is what to do and what not to do, so that we can live out this character. Ponder that. Think about that. The next one he's talking. He goes from that straight into talking about prayer, our prayer life.
1: Mm.
0: And he kind of did the same thing. You know, in the alms, he right away, he says, don't, don't, don't just give your alms so you can be seen of men. What does he say? Chapter 5, he says, When thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets that they may be seen of men. So their concept of prayer was to be seen of men. They were praying to men or for men, Right? They were praying for the people. They wanted to be seen. They wanted to be heard. Instead of praying to God. Uh, Where did I stop before? They love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. You He uses the same, same thoughts there. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. But when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. But be not like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask him. And so that's what I like to notice here in this thing of prayer. And we you know, we could make a message out of prayer and a lot of, we can just, there's tremendous things here we can learn from, but I'm not going to go there. I don't have the time or that's not my, that's not the, the, the my message this morning. But the character, we're talking about the godly character and how it affects our prayer life, how it affects our prayers and how it affects those people around us. And I don't think at all that this is, there's anything negative here about public prayer. I think that a public prayer is a very vital. I think it's important that we do have public prayers. And I think they are very beneficial. I have learned a lot in listening to people pray. Uh, and praying with people mm, has been a very edifying thing for me in my life. And I, and I encourage that in a humble way. Following that character. You know, of being poor in spirit and being meek and, and pure in heart. And, and keeping the if we have that character, then a prayer being, being at, yeah, I, I, there's absolutely, and I think we should have a prayers in our closets to, uh, on our, by ourselves. Those prayers are very meaningful and they're very essential and uh, important in our lives. And I believe your Christianity, your, I believe your, uh, well, I don't know about your Christianity. That's not the right word. That's not the word I wanted. But I believe your relationship with God is very closely connected with your, or could be very easily discerned through your private prayers if you don't have a relationship with god your your uh, your prayer life becomes very uh, ritualistic it becomes very you know it's just just a full formality god doesn't want you know there's there's form to prayer there's a the right way to pray there's there's formality to it to a point maybe more in public prayer than in private prayer but uh because he, he gave us an, a manner to pray. That's what, that's what Christ did here. And he, and he, he gave us what we call the Lord's Prayer. And it's a tremendous uh, manner of way to, of way to pray. It's, there's a tremendous amount of things in there that we can learn from and to gather from. But then he warned us in the middle of that that not just have vain repetitions. <clears throat> just, just a repeating and just the same thing over and over but that we that we can truly pray from our hearts mm. a note that I made as I looked across this prayer and I, I'm not going to spend a lot more time with it but as I looked across this prayer that the man, Jesus said pray in this manner therefore pray ye it's a tremendous prayer and this is what I wrote down it allows God to be God and, 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 and calls us to, to be willing to be a man, to be a person we can express our God, our needs while giving God His rightful place, and isn't that isn't that beautiful? As we think? I, I just the more I pondered that, I like that that concept of prayer. You know, our prayer, and that's what this the, this, this prayer does. It, it, it allows God to be God, and it, and it, and it calls us to be who we are. We are man. We are needy. We have our needs, but we can break, We can we can take those needs to God. And still allow him to have his rightful place in granting and being sovereign, and being. How would I say? That that we that our lives are given to him. And so, I believe this 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 example, and I think that's why that's why this is as I as I think of the thought of prayer of, of living out our expressions. Of our character, that not what I mean of living out a godly character as we ponder Christ's teachings on prayer here and the prayer that He left us. If we can, if we, if that can really be our heart, that is really the way we think about God. You know, think of our Father, which art in heaven. Hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. See this. If that's our heart, that that's that's an expression of our godly character. And we live that it's not not just our prayer. That's the way we're going to live. That's the way we're going to relate to things in our daily basis. That we we are, that we have a Father in heaven. We have, uh, you know, we hallow His name. We we recognize His kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. We our dependency. On this almighty God, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. We recognize our need for his, his, his forgiveness and that we have, we, have, we, have, we have debts. We have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But we recognize that, that in that thing of forgiveness, there's also a responsibility on our part. If we want God to forgive us, we have to forgive those around us. So we are, we are also recognizing our humanity. We are recognizing who we are. We are recognizing God. We are recognizing who we are. <clears throat> I'll go on and read that. Forgive us our debts. Okay, I've read that. Forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And then he goes from there and he and he refers to, the, uh, he talks about the fact that, you know, if, if we cannot forgive our fellow men, neither will our father Forgive our trespasses. <clears throat> the character of God, living out, expression, expressions this carry this godly character, an expression of it. I think this prayer is part of that, as we, and Christ was teaching us more than just these words, but he was teaching us what godly character really looks like. And we, we need to grasp those truths. The next section is about fasting. moreover, when you fast. Be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance. For this they disfigure their faces that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. You know, very similar to this thing of giving of alms and he talks about his prayers. It's the same, same You know, he's kind of repeating, but then he's bringing another, another factor in here. Another thing that, there was, that is very real. <clears throat> but thou, when thou fastest, anoint thine head and wash thy face, that they that thou appear not unto men to fast but unto thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. And I, the, the thought came to me as I, was, as I was reading across that, or I was studying that thought, that, that part again about fasting, that we can we, we, it's okay for us to well I can't get the word I want, but what I'm saying is it, we want God to see that. Really? That was kind of a new thought to me. But he said, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy father, which is in secret. We want God to know. That's part of the concept of fasting. We want to get God's attention. We want want him to just note that that this is an important subject. This is important to us. Whatever our needs might be, whatever we are crying out to God for, we want God to see that. I believe that's the heart of in the, con- the the concept of fasting, dying to self, recognizing making a sacrifice, reaching out to God. God, I I I need I need some help. Not for men to see, but for God to see. And that puts that puts the con- the the thought of you know godly character. Think about it in that light. This these things of. As they were, you know, the, the, the Beatitudes there, the thought of uh, the poor in spirit, the meek, the hungry and thirsting after righteousness. See, so they fit right into that. That whole thought of fasting that God would note. We, we need God. We need God to see. We need God to hear. We need God to, to note our needs. Mm. When Jesus was teaching us these things, Then we go from there to the the thought of giving. Chapter 6, verse 19, he says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness. No man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God in mammon. Think of the character, we were thinking about the characters during the Beatitudes. Think of the character of hungering and thirsting after righteousness, or being meek and merciful, or what about the concept of rejoicing in persecution? Mm. Can we live this way where we are not laying up treasures on earth? but where we are truly laying up treasures in heaven. that That is our heart. That, 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 that's the character. That's how we live. That eternity is greater. That, that is the foremost instead of today. That doesn't mean, you know, that we just sit back and nothing happens and that we don't do anything. No. But we, we have these things that God has given us, and what are we doing with them? As he refers to the, this part where he tells about not laying up treasures in heaven I'm not laying up treasures on earth but instead laying up treasures in heaven he he goes from that and then and he talks about the about the single eye about the light of the body is the eye and 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 how our, our whole body is full of light you know if if we have that single eye but if we have an evil eye our whole body shall be full of darkness. Where, where is he coming from? Why is he going from this thought of laying up treasures of heaven, and then he refers to the the single eye, and then he, and he takes that right on. he's not, he's not changing subjects because, because the next then he goes from that to no man can serve two masters, either he loves the one and hates the other. So you see the point? We are going to serve something we are. We're our, our purpose and our goals. This is talking about character. This is talking about our godly character. And we what, how are we, what are we doing? How, where are we putting our treasures? And what are we doing with the things that God, that God has made us accountable to A for? <clears throat> you cannot serve God and mammon. Either you will serve one or the other. Yeah. Are we hungry and thirsting after righteousness? Is that, our, is that our purpose and our goals? Is that our character? Is that how we're living? That single eye that all we say, all we do, and, and our purposes and goals are for the kingdom of God. We have that single eye. This is what it's all about. Laying up treasures in heaven. Or do we try to save a little room here, and we're trying to save have a little bit of Little worship, Jesus said, "That's not possible. Either we're going to serve God or we're going to serve Mammon. We don't. We don't do both. It doesn't work that way." Mm. Godly character calls us to keep a single eye in all that we're that what we're doing. Mm. Then he goes from there, and he and he he talks about. Uh, Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat, and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? We'll read on to the end of this chapter. This is all the one subject. He's talking about not worrying and not being anxious, anxious, and not fretting. You know, when we're truly laying up treasures in heaven, we don't have to be we be fearful because we have, we have something higher to live for. And, and our character is not one of, of we, we can trust God. That godly character is where we can trust God. He's, that's what he's saying here. Behold the fowls of the air. Did I read that? I'm quite sure where I quit here. Behold the fowls of the year, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly father feedeth them, are ye not much better than they? Which of you by taking thought can add one cubit unto his stature? And when ye thought and why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you, that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, Which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall ye not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. <clears throat> when Christ was teaching us this, this concept of, of uh, you know, godly character, that we don't have to worry, but that we can rest, and that we can, that we can trust God providing for our needs. He used two examples. He, well, there's three of them. He used the birds, the little sparrow. Are you not much more value than they? Most of us, and especially our young men over here, probably kind of look at the sparrows with a disgust and a, you know, they just it's just something to shoot. Get rid of. But God sees that. He knows that sparrow. The flower of the field. There it is. It's blooming nice. The next day it's over. Gone. Cut it off. Dries up. Withers. Nothing there. And then the grass. He uses those three examples. And as, as he compares how we should be looking at our life and, and you know, that we can trust God. That, that's the message here. That we can trust God. God's going to take care of us. We can rest in that. We don't have to worry. We don't have to be anxious yeah, the world is is a wicked place and there's a lot of things out there, there's a lot of dangers out there and there's a lot of things we could be very concerned about and I think there's a level of concern that we can have. But not to the point of worrying. Not to the point of of not trusting God. Not to the point where we don't rest just simply in God's amazing care of us. Godly character brings rest to your heart. Despite the turmoil and the confusions that are around us, and all the things that are out there, godly character—we are people with, that are peaceful. Uh, you know, they, they, we are just poor in spirit. You know, the the meek, the merciful, the pure in heart, the peacemakers—that speaks of a resting. And that—that's the character that God is, that Christ is teaching us about here, and He's showing us we can we can live that way we can live a restful life despite the world we're in despite all the things how how can the sparrow live a, a, a you know how can the sparrow sit out there on the on the branch and sing his heart out just a little thing that life's got to be pretty risky pretty dangerous <clears throat> but they're happy they're worshiping god and God wants to get, and Christ used that as an example to teach us that we don't have to be worried. Mm. One writer said this and I found this intriguing. He said, "Have you ever seen a beast or a fowl that had a workshop?" Are they trying to make a little more, do a little more? No? They trust God. They are, yet they are fed without labor and without anxiety. Now I don't think that means that we should don't have, shouldn't be working or that we should not you know try to work so that we have to take care of ourselves and get, that that's the way God has called us to take care of ourselves. So the birds don't have to do that; they God provides their needs, <clears throat> but He He provides ours too, and maybe in a little different way. But Jesus Jesus left this with us as He thought as He as He taught us about this character of that we don't that, you know of, of resting. Now, we don't have to be worrying and being anxious all the time. He simply says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Very familiar verse. We've heard it many times, but are you living it out? Is it real to you? Does it make sense to you? Can you testify that that is true? <clears throat> One more area of of living out this godly character. And he goes on in chapter 7, and this is what he says, Judge not, that ye be not judged. For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged, and with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured unto you again. Why? Beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, Let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye? Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. Judge not that ye be not judged. As we think of godly character, why does that come in there? But if you think about being poor in spirit, if you think about are we that you know? Blessed are they that mourn. Those that hunger and thirst after righteousness, the merciful, the pure in heart, the peacemakers, those who are persecuted for righteousness. Then, yeah. Can we judge? Can we be a judgmental people? This, uh, this thing of the, the beam and the moat, uh, when I was a boy, the preachers read it in German. And, it said, and then they talked about the splinter and the log. And I, I had a real picture of that in my mind. That's what it says in, in German. It says, Was siehst du Albert in splinter in deines Bruders auge, und wir schnick die in bogen in deine auge? The difference, so you, you, the, you know, the moat and the beam, I mean, those are terms we don't, I mean, maybe you don't get a mental picture, but get a, get, a, get a picture of a splinter in your finger, or a splinter in your eye, or a log in your eye. And then you get the picture of what Christ was really trying to show, the extreme difference. How can you help your brother with a splinter in his eye if you've got a log in your eye? Of course you can't see that hard enough to see the splinter without anything in your eye. So get that thought, that thought of being judgmental. Who are you? I think there's a place for us to remind each other. We're called to do that. We're called to encourage each other. We note each other. We we make ourselves accountable to each other. We build each other up. But are we going to, how are we looking? Jesus said, thou hypocrite. Okay, that's quite a, quite a word. We don't like that word.
1: <clears throat>
0: Judge not, that ye be not judged. <clears throat> I think here's, that this is just simply expressing the, uh, yeah, this, this godly character. You know, we truly are the kind of people that, that the, the Beatitudes, of that, that character that is expressed there in Matthew 5, we're that kind of, that is our character. We're not going to be a judgmental people. We 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 were going to call sin sin. Christ did that too, but we don't. We 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 understand the journey each one of us is in, and and the, and the things that we need to live out. And we and we are going to challenge each other towards a higher ground, something better, something more. <clears throat> Judge not, that you be not judged. Verse two is another uh, very very very. I mean, just kind of a little bit of a side note here, but verse two is a very true. Uh, concept and I've seen this happen I've experienced this and I've seen this uh, happen to many people he just simply says for with what judgment ye judge ye shall be judged and it works that way you start being judgmental of other people and you start being have a judgmental, judgmental attitude you're going to experience the same thing back people are going to look at you the same way with what measure you meet or with the way you, way, you, way you measure things that's the way it's going to be measured for you that's what you expect other people. Mm. So the importance of of having our own lives righteous and holy before God, and then we don't then we don't have to be fear of the, this judging judging. We walk the way that God would have us to walk. That godly character—that's really what we're looking for. I'd like to read the rest of this chapter. Mm. Uh, just over it briefly there's just he continues i'm not going to do a lot of uh well verse six i believe continues <clears throat> interestingly he, he he verses one through five he's talking about this thing of judging and that we should not judge and and this concept of having a uh you know having our own lives right verse six he says give not that which is holy unto the dogs, neither cast ye your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn again and rend you.
1: <clears throat>
0: when we when we're judging other people uh, by a standard that we are not willing to live up to, that is an affront. That isn't that is it that is a dishonor to the holiness of God. Because God doesn't do that. God expects us to live holy lives, but he 's an almighty and he 's holy god and when we are going when we' we 're judging other people and we 're expecting them to live higher than we 're willing to live we 're actually that 's a dishonor to god that that is i believe that's uh, i think that that 's connecting here with this concept of judging i don 't think that 's a different subject really well it is in a sense but it 's it 's just continuing that clarifying that thing. Of the importance that we don't that we don't do don't have a judgmental attitude. <clears throat> All right, the rest of the chapter, <clears throat> verse seven, it gives us a picture of a loving God who wants to give good gifts to His children. Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Or what man is there of you whom have if his son asks bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks a fish, will he give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good, give, give good things to them that ask him? We get the picture? As, we, as Christ was teaching on this thing of godly character and the character of how we live, then he lived, and he brings this sin. God is a loving God. He he wants to give us good gifts. Verse 12, he says, Therefore all things whatsoever you would that men should do to you, do you even so to them. For this is the law and the prophets. We call that the golden rule. Then he goes on and he says, Enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate, and the broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth into life. And few there be that find it. The straight gate concept. Get that in your mind as we walk this, 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 this the godly character. If we have the character of God, we recognize that there is, there is a straight gate. Straight is the gate narrow is the way.
1: <clears throat>
0: Few there be that find it, but we can. With my godly character. Then he says, beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? And even so every good tree bringeth forth good fruit. But a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree bringeth cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. And every tree that bringeth not good fruit, not forth good fruit, is hewn down and cast into the fire, wherefore by their fruits ye shall know them. And he's saying this in the same chapter that he told us not to judge. So this is not judging him, obviously. We shall know them by their fruits. That's simply looking at facts. And in one sense it is a judgment. But on the other hand, he says we can recognize those things. There are a lot of false prophets out there. There's a lot of wrong concepts. But by their fruits you shall know them. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven... Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. <clears throat> so he goes right on, and he's talking about the, the, the false prophets, and by their fruits you shall, wor- or shall know them. And then he, said, then he says, but not everybody that says, Lord, Lord. It's, so it's not, not just in words. It's not just in the things that we say. But it's the ones that really do. He that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. And then he closes with these words. This is the closing of the Sermon on the Mount the wise man and the foolish man. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew. And beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. You note that? The two foundations. One was built upon a rock, the other was built upon a sand. And I, I, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm amazed. I'm, I'm just challenged as I ponder Christ's teachings on this, on this thing of godly character and the way we're supposed to live. And then, then, he, then he brings this down to a close, and he speaks of the, you know, the foundation. Are you building on sand? or Are you building on a rock? One falls, one stands. What are we doing? How are we living? How how are we living out this character, this godly character? This is what God has called us to live out. Mm -hmm. And it came to pass when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Mm -hmm. May we learn. May we see the character that God has called us to and that taught us, Christ taught us so clearly, and live it out. Let's kneel for a word of prayer.